for such a time as this. I'm Reverend G. Lewis Tillman. Alongside me is Reverend John Mason. Again, we have another member of Brother Sam Miller who is not with us on tonight. It's good to be back with you all again on tonight. We want to come to you here in a moment with something that Reverend Mason and I have been talking about. Um, when he first said it, I was like, man, what you talking about? But then I had to understand what he was saying. And so now I understand, since I understand what he's saying, so I understand what he's saying, now I got, you know, what he's saying. <laughs> so we want to talk tonight um, from Romans 1, 21 and 22. Um, but before we get started, I want to have a word of prayer and I don't know about you but what's going on in Ukraine has been weighing very heavy on me um, I saw something and forgive me not totally together right now I apologize normally got things together better than this but I saw something the other day news and it was a little boy and just the look on his face did something to me um, we all need to be in prayer for the people of Ukraine because you do know that could be us but I thank God that through it all it could be worse than it is. But I thank God that it's not as bad as it could be or will get at this point in time. So before we jump into the lesson tonight, I want to say a word of prayer just for the people of Ukraine. And hopefully you are praying with us and praying for us, for praying for them alongside of us. Um What's going on over there is just point blank horrific. From my perspective, and I'm sure a lot of other people's perspective, it just really doesn't make sense. But we just um, want to say a word of prayer for the people of Ukraine, and then we're going to jump into this lesson on tonight. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you all glory, all honor, and the praise. God, we come right now to pray for the people of Ukraine and what's going on across the waters, dear God. God, even now, people are fleeing. Bullets may be flying. People don't know what to do, God. But God, you're still in charge. And so, God, we pray for the ones that are inflicting this unnecessary punishment on these people. Elderly people, children, families are being killed and lives are being needlessly taken. And so, God, we just ask and pray in your son Jesus' name 
that if you would have mercy, dear God. We pray, God, on tonight that you would touch the heart and mind of Putin or somebody close to him to let him know that it's time to stop this senseless massacre that he's, he's got going on. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you touch somebody, that you give somebody the courage to keep going on and not to give up, God. I pray tonight, God, for the safety of somebody that they'll get some sleep on tonight. I don't know what it is to live under the threat of bullets and bombs, God. So I pray for somebody that right now, God, who just does not know what tomorrow holds or the next moment holds for them over there. I pray for those that are hungry, those that left with everything they have in a bag or two bags, God. I just pray you touch, you intervene. Your darling son, Jesus' name. And God, for our lesson on tonight, we pray, dear God, that you would speak to us and speak through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Bless Reverend Mason, bless myself, that we may give your people what it is you would have for them to have. Thank you for this opportunity. Again, we ask this in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Dr. Mason. Yes, sir. Some time ago, you said something to me, and you know how we are. We, when we hear stuff, we have to, we can't let it just run by us real quick. We have to examine what we hear and try to figure out what in the world is being said sometimes. As you say, we are somewhat analytical. Um, some time ago you said that God know that we need to make God interesting and I was like what in the world are you talking about making God interesting you're the most interesting person ever I mean how can he not be interesting, interesting? And it wasn't until we got into further in-depth conversation, I don't know what's going on with glasses, but it wasn't until we got into further in-depth conversation that I really understood what you were saying. It's not that God is not interesting is just that people aren't interested in God. People are interested in everything but God. Why is that, sir? Come on, let's rock. I think one of the main reasons is if, if there's a outside, if I can say that, if there's another interest, uh, and, and I'll put it this way, I 
think one of the main reasons why they're not interested in God because first of all they have not been introduced to God uh, I'm gonna stop it, it, uh uh no it's some Christians but some people that go under the banner of Christians mm-hmm. that it appears God's not interesting to them right now but all this COVID going on they been the, they saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, blessed and highly favored in the Lord. So how can they not be interested in the one that's blessed them, saved them, sanctified them, and make them highly favored in the Lord? These some church folk now. I I, I know we got some unbelievers. Right. And that's that's my point. The unbelievers. Oh, right unbel- oh okay. We, we're gonna we're gonna oh, chop okay. this up into two oh, categories. Okay, okay, I got you. The unbelievers first. The un- I got you. And then the believers. I got you. Okay, okay. 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 Right. So the unbelievers, the unbelievers have not been introduced to them. You know, it's kinda hard to be interested in something that you don't know about, you know. Uh, and and as we said on the previous podcast, the advertisement, these uh, people that put commercials on TV and all, you know, they, it's it's multi-billion dollar industry because what they do in commercialism, they always know how to advertise things or people or products to where it appeals to the person that's watching. Alright? And one of the things that they do, and they're very good at that, is that they're very repetitious with it. And people don't understand how the how the subconscious mind works. If the subconscious mind hears something or sees something over and over and over again, without that person even knowing it's being instilled in their memory. i give you a prime example. I used to uh, I used to watch the Beverly Hills uh, Beverly Hillbillies show when I was coming up as a child. You know? Jeff Rojay yeah, Granny, all of them. Yeah. Mr. Drive-Thin, Mr. James. <laughs> exactly. And I watched that show all the time because it basically came on after some other shows that I watched mm-hmm. and uh, and you know just before the show comes on first thing that comes on is the uh, the music story yeah yeah exactly and, and, and that's where it is come listen to a story about a man named Jim now when I started watching the Beverly Hillbillies I didn't sit there and say okay now let me listen to every word that's being said so that I can remember this theme song. Gotcha. And I didn't do that. But by me watching it continuously, each and every day, I finally knew the song. And even now, years done passed by, and I'm a grown man now, I still know every word to it. And I can repeat it just like I heard it yesterday. And one thing about that is that we, 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 we have to be careful about that because 
there was a song that uh, it's been an old church song, and I think it was basically for for the children. It says to be careful, little eyes, what you see. Right? Be careful, little eyes, what you hear. I mean, little ears, what you hear. And then it says, uh, because the Father above is looking down with love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And there's a lot of truth to that because God knows that with our type of mindset that he knows that as a man thinking mm-hmm. in his heart, so is, so is he. So your thinking process has a lot to do with it. So um, when, you, when you get back to this, You have to be careful about the things that you engage in each, each and every day. Because it's like, if people want to get you interested in something, then they're going to appeal to what you like. And it don't just come just like that. See, these advertisers, these commercials, They've come out with plenty of products over the years that have been flops. That didn't go over well with the people. You know, it didn't catch the people's attention to the point to where they was able to make the money that they set out to make because the product wasn't good enough. You know, it's like, well, people ain't interested in that. You know, that's that's, that's not going to have the impact on them that this product had. And so they made mistakes over the years. But one of the things that they're real good at, they've learned from those mistakes. And they don't make too many products too fast now to where it doesn't go over well. Look at the, look at the cell phones every, every time they make a new cell phone. It goes over well, real good. How many cell phones by Apple have you seen that they've made that didn't go over well? They just keep improving on it. Every time they come out with one, you know, here's the new, new, improved uh, iPhone. It can do this now, and before it couldn't do that. And so they already know that what it can do now is what the people were upset about with the last iPhone. So they say, okay, well, let's give the people what they want. So let's fix that problem or improve on that problem. So now, when they present that problem or present that product to them, now they're gonna see that the problem that they had with that at the beginning has improved or it's been changed. And guess what? It's appealing to their wants. So they're good at that. I hear you. All right. I understand everything you say. But we talking about God. How can God not be interesting even to um, they call his name all the time oh my god even take his name in vain nah, they won't do that oh yeah they got some believers that do that too <laughs> but but really unbelievers not being interested in God you know, one of my favorite phrases, and it deals with faith, 
is if you can believe the first four words of the Bible, you shouldn't have a problem with nothing else in the Bible. It's true. Just the name God ought to draw your interest. Sure. Just the name God ought to make you be like our city of hall used to do. Hmm. Mm. That ought to make one of them things is a, things to make you go. Mm. Where he come from? How he get here? How he get all this power? D- just the name God ought to be interesting with it too. Should be. Well, maybe I hear you say they have not been introduced to God. But Romans said this right here, verse 21 and 22 in chapter 1. Because that when they knew God, uh-oh, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing or asserting themselves to be wise, they became foolish. So, they don't, you don't have to, no. The Bible said they knew him. His words said they knew me. They just acted like they didn't. How they know him? The evidence speaks for itself. There's a Latin word, reciprocator, or reciprocator, however it's pronounced. It means the thing speaks for itself. Okay. As a word, I think you use axiomatic. Means the evidence is all around. Now, I just put gas in my car. I was shocked. $4.19 for a gallon of regular (laughs) gas. Yes, sir. But what I'm saying is, I think about all the gas that I've used since I've been driving. All the gas and diesel that was used when I was a little kid on the school bus. All the gas I burnt from Oklahoma to Waysboro and Myrtle Beach and Georgia and D.C. area and Colorado. All the gas that just me, I burnt. How is there just a never-ending supply of this stuff? It may cost like crazy, but there's a never-ending supply. It's true. Natural gas, there's a never-ending supply. It's true. Coal, who made all this stuff? How do trees just grow up? Right. How do the weather do what it do? Or does what it does? I'm sorry, I don't need to be politically correct. There's got to be one day the sky gray, one day it's a pretty blue. It's true. And here's the thing, a snowflake. Now, you got to think about this one right here for real. You can get a foot of snow. Mm-hmm. Let's just say 12 inches. We ain't talking about those blizzards. But just a foot of snow and every snowflake is different. Every one. Every snowflake different. God, there's no God. Mm-mm. 
He's not interesting? That's ridiculous. <laughs> what is more interesting than God? What, what is it that captivates the minds and the attention of people? I left work a little while ago. People were sitting outside in the rain watching the baseball game. Mm-hmm. But why did God show up? You know what happened? Lightning flashed. <laughs> <laughs> and they all took off. <laughs> Where did lightning come from? True. Where did stars come from? Who made a volcano? He's not interested. I mean, just again, just in the, and here I go. These bodies are ours. And I'm going where you went in a moment. I'm, I'm with you. These bodies are ours. We don't plug into nothing every night. It's true. People can't see, but I got phones plugged up, computers plugged up. That needs a source of power. It's true. What is it that keep this heart ticking? Ain't no battery in there. We don't have to plug up at night when we lay down. What makes the lungs contract and breathe in and breathe out? Right. What? Who else could have made a body? And here I go. We were made from the dust of the ground. And I never thought about this till you said this. How in the world can you get red blood from dry dirt? Nobody but a God. He's not interested? Folks not interested in him? Talk to me, Dr. Mason. Come on, help me. I'm confused. And you shouldn't shouldn't be. Uh, when you look at Romans chapter one, uh, I like what Paul says about. And, and, and let's bag up just a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, let's, let's just go to verse uh, 18. Paul says, uh, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Mm-hmm. and unrighteousness of men. Okay. He says, but it's, uh, these men, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. He says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. Okay. For God has shown it to them. Alright, I'm keep going. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, 
even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are out or without an excuse. Because although, as you said before, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but because futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. And you said before, professing to be wise, they became fools. Okay. Um, God says that in every human being. Okay. Nobody will have an excuse about whether there's a God or not. Reason why that is? Because he says that your conscience <laughs> when you as a human being look at God's creation right. when you look at the sun you look at the moon you look at the stars you look at his creation just even in the animals and the insects and uh, we talk about the solar system you know all of these things that God has made even when you look at the sea and how, how vast it is and all of these things that you can't explain, that you know for sure that it wasn't a man that had anything to do with that. Why? Because man is not powerful enough to do it. <laughs> he don't even know where to begin to begin with. Okay. So he says that when a human being notices this stuff, and he can't help but to notice it because it's around him day and night. It's right there. He has to see it. Alright, so he sees it every day and every night. He sees the sun comes up. He sees the moon go down. You know, and we know that the earth is rotating on its axis though, where all this stuff don't really go down. Sun don't really go up. It don't really go down. You know, it's just rotating. But that's what we say. So people are more familiar and they can relate to what we say when say there's a sunrise and a sunset and the moon comes up. But the point is is that he sees that and in his mind he can't deny that there is a God. He can't deny that there is a supreme being that's much more intelligent than puny man who can't even uh, cure the common cold. But he knows man doesn't have anything to do with that. And so when he sees that, how extraordinary it is, he has to believe that there's a God. And God says it right here. He says it's in his conscience. He already knows that there's a God. He can't deny it. All right? Now, since he knows that there's a God, he says that since he knows that, he's going to be without an excuse. There'll never be a time where he can say, there ain't no God. I like what uh, Chuck Swindoll did he, uh, when he was teaching on his book, uh, Romans 1. Uh, he talked about a group of uh, medical students. They was in medical school and uh, they was doing an autopsy. And uh, as they went forward with the autopsy, uh, you know, basically just looking at the anatomy of the, of the body, you know, you know. Uh, 
They were just looking at every organ and how everything worked together, you know, how God has it orchestrated um, in, inside of the body. And, and they were just totally amazed by it. Man. And what they done, after they were just blown away how it was put together, they said this one thing, and it was that, uh, he asked them, say, well, well, students, what, what do you think about it? They say, well, you know, that's, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how all of this works together. And, uh, but the point he was looking for was that after looking at all of these different parts of the body, all of these organs and how all of those orchestrate and work together one off the other, they were looking for something to say, well, it had to be an intelligent God to put all this together. But they never came to that conclusion. They only said, well, yep, that's amazing how all of that works together, you know. And they never gave God the credit for it. And so uh, the Bible says that they suppress the truth. See, in that particular time, when they seen the integrals of the body and how all that was put together, inside of their conscience, they knew there was somebody much more intelligent than they were to put that together. Why? Because the most intelligent person or surgeon on earth still don't know how all of that works together. He doesn't know how all of the all of the complications are, or, or how complex the DNA is in the body. They've only, even what they know today, they just only tap the surface of it. And they'll tell you that. Because it's so complex, they, they're nowhere near of discovering everything about the DNA, how it works. Nowhere near. There's a word you use. Suppress. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's not that God is not interested. Mm-hmm. People just aren't interested in God. The one that wake him up every morning. Mm-hmm. The one that take care of him all day long. The one that gives them power to get well. The one that put food on the table, clothes on their back, shoes on their feet, roof over their head, give them a job to go to. The bottom line is they just not interested in God anymore. God is extremely interesting. Well, he says that they suppress the truth. Now, now notice he says uh, uh, that they suppress the truth to him is it's that they know now and this, this is the key they know that a God and we get back to the medical students they knew that it had to be a God to put all that together because there is no surgeon that they know <laughs> that could do all of that and, and a doctor would tell you if you break your bone they can mend it together but it's only God who does the healing process they can set it set it in place but all of that everything else that takes place to make that bone mend itself back together they know like it's all in their hand yeah 
They know it's out of their hand. And they are admitting that God had to do that. Not them. But ain't that something right there? That you can break a bone. It's cracked. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. It pieces. And they'll set it back together. Right. But God put it back together. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so, so they suppress this truth of knowing that there is a God when they are looking at the anatomy there uh, of that body. They know that there's a God. But the problem is, is that when He says that they suppress the truth, they never come around to admitting it. Okay. So now lies in the question two questions why do they suppress the truth and what's more interesting than God mm-hmm. or they may suppress the truth because they found temporal things to replace an eternal God it's true Right now, one of the biggest problems in the world is something we discussed two weeks ago, denying self. It's true. Self got a lot of people in a world of, mm, let's see, in a world of hurt, messed up. Self just, self is a big time problem. Mm-hmm. Except a big time problem. So, when we get people just ignoring God, I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to talk about it. That's basically it. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on what is more interesting than God. I'm still stuck there. Help me understand something that's more interesting than God. What's more interesting than God? Well, I think we we have to look at, uh, now we know that there's nothing more interesting than God because we're learning more about God every time we do what we're doing now. Uh, And we learn that he is interesting to us because of what we know about him. Okay? Uh, When when you you look at... uh, Romans 1 he talks about God's wrath and his anger against men Uh, he says that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness (coughs) who suppress the truth in unrighteousness you know it's like this controlled outburst of anger uh, that's saturated with sin you know God's, God's wrath uh, it's basically rooted in the holiness uh, and godliness and goodness, holiness and goodness, okay? Uh, and he uses a Greek word here called orge, 
which is basically defined, it says the subtle and active opposition of God's holy nature to everything that is evil. Uh, so there's going to come a day where God's going to pour out his whole wrath against mankind. Uh, we don't want to hear that part about God because that's the judgment part about God that we don't want uh, uh, to accept or know about. And those uh, people that are going to, going to experience that wrath are going to be people who have totally rejected God. Uh, you know, Revelation 14 and 9 talks about it, uh, 9 through 11, uh, and chapter 20. Verses 11 through 15 talks about it. So, but here Paul is talking about God's ongoing uh, act of uh, anger against sin. Uh, he says that the wrath is revealed from heaven. Uh, he says communicated by God to people through the scriptures. All right. He said that uh, one of the things God does is that he allows uh, for self-condemnation that basically arises uh, from our consciousness. Uh, he said these are all evidences of God's wrath. When, when, when you look at this, he says, uh, you look at people, we commit all kind of matter of sins against God and one another. Even when we know better, we still commit sin. And why is that? Why do we still commit sin even if we know better and we know the consequences from doing this? Out of flesh. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a way we suppress the truth. See, if we know that the truth says, thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, right? Thou shall not commit adultery, you know. If, when we know all of these, uh, that's an act, basically, of suppressing the truth. Uh, and, and what we're doing, we're acting, I guess you could say, contrary of the knowledge of God, okay? Or the, or the knowledge of God's truth. We know what the truth says, but we deliberately disobey it. And now, we're, we're talking about... Uh, People who know uh, what's right, know what's wrong, but we prefer to sin. Okay, I got you. But I'm still stuck. Okay. What's more interesting than God? <laughs> I see what he say, his wrath. His, and it, it actually is so clear. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, right. who replace unrighteousness, I mean the truth with unright, who say that it's okay to do wrong. Got that part. Because that which may be known of God is manifesting them. It's revealed in them everything about God. It's manifest. In them. This is what the word said. How is it man? For God had showed it unto them, the scripture says. Exactly. Exactly. So 
God is doing all this work. He's showing them what's real. He's showing them what's true. And they still don't find the time for him. And, and I think the main thing is, is, is the choice we make to suppress the truth. Because, see, when, when I, I like what he says. He says, uh, uh, everyone has evidence of God's existence. Okay? Now, we can either re, uh, believe the Bible, what it's saying here, or not. But he says everybody has uh, evidence of God's existence, but we reject his rule. Okay, we reject it anyway. Even like again, as we know what God says, we don't do it. Even even Christians don't do it, and most certainly a man that's that's not saved is not not going to do it. So he says. You have to look at this thing. He says God is evident in us. He's in, he's, he's evident in us, within us. That's verse 19. He says we are made in his image. We think. We create. We reason. We feel. We relate. We say it all the time. It's in him we live, move, and have our being. See, we always saying that all the time. But a lot of us saying that and don't even know what we're talking about. And so he says that we create, we even, even in our thinking, uh, we reason, we feel, and we relate. We have a conscience and an innate sense of what is right and wrong. So it all boils down <coughs> to one word. Mm-hmm. Choice. Choice. And the choice whether to suppress the truth or not. See, we even have that same choice while we're saved. Now that we know the truth, who is the truth? What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Well, haven't Christians come to Christ? Because We've accepted Christ. Because we now know the truth. Right. Okay, now we know the truth. All right? And I've often said that uh, one of the things is that, and Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you, you free. Okay? Set you free. All right. But learning the truth doesn't stop when you accept the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? He is the truth. There's another part of the truth that Christ talks about. And that truth is, uh, he says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Right? Okay, but the truth. But what is the truth? That his word is his true. His word is true. He's there true. Go. Exactly. Exactly. So, 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 let me get this right. people mm-hmm. not all of them ungodly some of them holy some of us say still find stuff 
more interesting than God. It's true. It's true. Again, the reason that is is because of choice. Right. Even when we know the truth and we do the opposite of the truth we know, that's still choice. Right. Well, why, why do you choose that over God? Uh, uh, a person that wakes up in the morning and you put Christians in this category too, that wake up in the morning why is it that the first thing most of us reach for is a cell phone? Why is it that we don't reach for our Bibles? Because we don't have Bibles anymore, some of us. Well, why is it that we don't fall on our knees right then and and give God thanks and praise for Because I need to find out night? what somebody talking about on Facebook or What's on TikTok? Or I had this epiphany while I was sleeping. Let me put it on Instagram. Or I found some beef on Instagram. I need to respond to. Right. But you know what all this is, right? You know why God ain't your favorite word coming up. Right. <laughs> all this stuff that keeps us from being interested in God. Is simply distractions. It's true. It's true. That, that's all it is. It's stuff to distract us from who he is. I agree. Now, in life, you're going to have real stuff to deal with. This is just true. true. You're going to have real stuff to deal with. You got life. You got job. You got kids. You got work. You got home. You got situations away from home. You got family. You got loved ones. You're going to deal with death. You're going to deal with sickness. You got... All kinds of stuff you got to deal with. Something just hit me and I was trying not to lose it. But there's other types of stuff that people allow to distract them from any thought process of God. Folk just want to do what they want to do. It's true. Folk have time for what they want to, for what they make time for. Some people never make time for God until they get in trouble. That's the only time some people are interested in God is when they're in trouble. It's true. Because they know. They know. They've heard about it. See, they know that only He can change their situation. Whatever they're dealing with. Yeah, whatever they're dealing with, they know that he can. See, the key is, see, they know this all the time. Because you ain't gonna just all of a sudden, when something happens, yeah, okay, now I go to God. No. See, you already knew what God can do all the time. But you just, and, 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 I, and what I like about where we are right now, that if you move on, about the next three verses, you'll see that what we're beginning to do now in life and, and, and people have, we, we got to be careful. We got to be very careful. What we're beginning to do now 
is replace God with idols. That's what we're beginning to do. And, and, it, and, exactly, and, it, and, and as innocent as the cell phone is, the cell phone needs to be prioritized. No, the cell phone has been prioritized. It's just prioritized in God's place. That's what I'm saying. It needs to be reprioritized. Prioritized. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a tongue twister. Yeah, it needs to be reprioritized. Yeah, it needs to be because what 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 has happened is that, and and he talks about it. Uh, and I don't want to move too too fast here, but uh, it, it falls right into what we're talking about tonight because what has become, and, and this is what has happened here in Romans. God, now think about it. Now God has showed everybody who he is. Who he is. When you look at his creation. And you remember I told you a story about uh, uh, when I went on the men's retreat right. up in the mountains. How big is yeah, there was a lot of us in there and uh, the gentleman that was teaching, uh, he was teaching about, you know, creation and all. And so he had this slideshow. And I'll say this right quick. He had this slideshow. It was about, probably about maybe 200 others you know, in the auditorium there. And he was showing up this slideshow about all of the different galaxies and all of the stars and the planets and all. And, and he talked about how long it would take to get to them and, you know, and how many light years and 10 to the ninth power and all. He, he spoke all this type of language, you know. And he went on for like an hour and a half just showing us all of these different planets and the constellations, man, and uh, the galaxy, he talked about the galaxy is so finite or, or infinite. Mm-hmm. It's so infinite that it's like a bottomless pit. There is no end to it. Right. Uh, back when when uh, God told Moses, uh, told Abraham, sorry, told Abraham to number the stars, see if he can number the stars. Well, uh, he, he couldn't number the stars because he can't see all of them. Right. That's how many it is. Uh, or count the sands of the sea. But there's so many of them, you can't count. But anyway, this uh, creationist, this uh, guy that was teaching us, showing us all these slides, he kept showing us, and, and he went on like an hour and a half, man, just blowing us away with the stuff we were seeing and we were learning. And, uh, and when he got done, he looked at all of us, and he said these words right here. He said, now, gentlemen, after everything that you've seen that I've showed you right now, all of the constellations, the the galaxies, the the stars, the planets, and how long it would take to reach these planets and uh, how big they are. And, uh, you know, he just went on talking. He said, after everything you've seen now, he said, let me ask you one question. He said, how big? He said, now. 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 How big is your God? And we were so quiet that you could hear a pin drop, man, because now we've seen God in a way that we never seen him before. It's because of what we know now. Okay, here's the thing. And I, totally changed our perspective. I got you. This book, the Bible. Mm-hmm. My perspective on the Bible is either you believe it or you don't. Right. Bottom line. Right. You either believe what's in here or you don't. Well, man, I ain't talking about what man. 
this book right here. Mm -hmm. If you believe it, God ought to be prioritized. Should be. One, he's the reason we're here. Mm -hmm. Two, we should be in here right now. It's true. Three, Jesus died for us. It's a whole lot of stories in this book. And these stories have been repeated for generations and generations. Number one best-selling book ever. All time, yeah. There's some stuff in here that blows your mind. Genesis chapter 14. They done been freed from bondage. God said, Moses, take them this way. Let me show you who I am. And I'm going to show some other people who I am. Right. But God got a way of allowing you to go through some stuff that, don't, that doesn't look like it's going to work out in your favor. That'll work out in your favor and not let other people, not let those who meant to hurt you even pursue you. It's true. It's true. Get down to the Red Sea, boom, blocked. Now he'd been protecting them through the whole journey. Right. And all of a sudden, as my mama used to say, every time I turn around, up popped the devil. <laughs> Oh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians coming right. out. And they terrified, fussing at Moses. Why you didn't leave us alone? Why you didn't leave us over there to die? God didn't want us to stay in bondage. It's true. Moses, you know what to do. Water. Split. Just split. And that which the water was cut, because anytime water on top of dirt is normally muddy, right? Oh. Yeah. Muddy, mm -hmm. soggy, dried up. Yeah. Them two miracles right there. Yeah. I agree. Two, two miracles right there that I see God do. Mm -hmm. I probably would have had a heart attack and just died right there. I would have. I've been so messed up mentally and emotionally, man. I, I, you know. He just opened up water. Yeah. And dried up some ground. Just like that. It's true. And I'm walking over on what was an impediment of mine. I guess that way say God can open doors. <laughs> no pain yeah. can open. He oversees. Yeah, he can oversee. <laughs> he, he can definitely he open those doors. Door. <laughs> he That's opened right. up a door in the Red Sea. It's true. And they walked across. I, I can only imagine, what, but only a God could do that. Right. Right. Only a God could do. Gideon said, all right, God, you, you messing with me. I had all these, now I got these. Let this be that, and then this be that. 
boom, it's that. All right, I got you, God. You got to sit here. Now flip that thing. Let that be that and this be that. Boom, he did. Only a God could do stuff like that. True. Only a God can let people walk around a city for seven days and not say a word. Only a God can let some boys go in a fiery furnace and not even smell like smoke. Only a God can let a man get thrown into a den of hungry lies. And the king don't sleep, but Daniel's sleeping. Ain't that so? And he said, oh, Daniel, servant of the most high God, has your God the okay, when he heard, oh, he should have started shouting. Yeah. He didn't even need to hear king lift it. When he heard, oh, because only a God. Yeah. And, and for these people who don't recognize him or who he's not interesting to, how in the world do you think you wake up every morning? Who do you think take care of you? Who do you think provide for you? It's not your intelligence that keeps you on the job. It's God that keeps you on that job. It's true. It's not that you live in such a nice neighborhood that your home don't get broken to. It's God that keep that away. That's true. And he's not interesting. People aren't interested in the one that said, let there be light and light showed up. interested in the one that put the heavens where it is, told the sea to go so far, created dry land, made a man from some dirt, then made a woman from his rib, and they're not interested. What is more interesting than God? TikTok's not. Instagram's not. Facebook's not. The nightclubs now. Alcohol, drugs, fornication, parties, all kind of parties. None of that stuff is more interest, interesting than God. But people put more interest in those things than they do in God. How do we get people back interested in the God that keeps them every day. I think I think uh, we have to start from the beginning. From uh, all the way back. And what I mean by all the way back is that we have to do what Jesus commanded us to do first. Is to go out to the hedges and highways and compel men and women to come in. The Bible teaches that Satan has blinded, right? Hearts of men, or we say the eyes of men, to where uh, they can't see. Okay? So he talks about if it had not been for the glorious light 
of the gospel over in the book of Corinthians. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, basically men would be would be doing it's the gospel. Uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God until salvation to the Jew and to the Greek. And you know, first, uh, and, and, and when I want to thank the Lord for delivering me from a miserable life of sin. And if we always say, if it was that miserable, why you stay in it? So yeah, why'd you stay in it so long? You know, uh, you had to like it in order to do it. Nobody never forces you to sin. If if you wanted to sin a certain way, uh, you didn't talk to yourself and say, man. I hate to go over here and sin. If, if me and you were going to see a, a woman and we were going to lay down with that woman, we wouldn't say, man, I hate to go over here and lay down with you. You, you think about it in the days when we were sinning uh, like that on a regular basis. Couldn't wait to get that. Yeah, couldn't wait to get that. You were trying to fight and say, man, I hate to go over here and sin with her. Knowing everything that's gonna go on, you know, and I just hate to go. Well, in no hurry to leave. No, you wasn't in no hurry to leave. You was in a hurry to get there. Yes, sir. And you wasn't in a hurry to leave. And and that's because it was the pleasure that was gonna come from the scene. And it doesn't even have to be uh, uh, immoral relationships, you know. It 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 could be anything that that's a scene. If we find pleasure in we're going to continue to do it. And so you take people that know the truth, that know there's a God somewhere. We got grandmother and great-grandmother been preaching it all their lives. And we know, and we, we was coming up, when we were coming up before we accepted Christ, we had heard these, these about Jesus Christ and about God and about the Bible and the church. And everything. We heard that from grandmother, great-grandmother, grandfather and all of them coming up. So we knew you know, that that's the way that we should we should eventually choose. But for some reason, we told the lie or confused ourselves with the lie that sin was miserable. So we stayed in it for a long time. So was it miserable or was it pleasurable? Sin wasn't miserable. It was miserable on the fact that it was against God. Right. But while we were doing what we were doing, we weren't thinking about that because, again, we weren't interested in God. We were interested in pleasing ourselves. Exactly. So now you have a chance to where God can be interesting to you. So what's the problem where we're not interested? See, even when you were dating, we always wanted to get to know the girl, or the girl wanted to get to know the guy, you know. So you had to spend time with that person. To get to know them. In order to get to know them. And then the more you got to know them, the more interesting they became. Why is it that Christians don't show that much interest? Now let's 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 bag up just a little bit. When you first got saved, how did you act? You was on fire for the Lord, you wanted to 
do like uh, the song said. Uh, said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I couldn't keep, keep it to myself. myself. You, you had to tell everybody. And you you and people I'm noticed. Saved, man. Yeah, yeah, you saved now. And, and people noticed the difference in you. That's a difference yeah. in your life. They noticed about it. Yeah. And you didn't have to tell them that. They just knew there's something different about you. So why does that wear off? Right. Right. Why does it what, wear off? Why does it wear off? Why does all that excitement and joy and everything wear off? Well what what would let's ask yourself this question. What what made you that excited to begin with? Why was you so excited about it? Because there's this newness going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I understood that the life I was living was not pleasing to this God that I had been suppressing all that time. So I finally opened the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right. If any man will open the door, I will come in with him and will sup with him and he with me. I finally opened the door and I let Jesus in. Mm-hmm. That 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 made me feel good. But I just almost shouted right there. Right. <laughs> When you finally open the door, you let him in. Ain't, ain't, ain't this something? And, and, and stay right there. You suppress the truth. For a long time. Right. And you suppress the truth of a God who you know that you didn't know. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> You suppress the truth of a God that you knew, that you knew, but you wanted you, a relationship with. And there we go, there we go. Because He says again, right? That we suppress he, the truth because we see God, and God has made Himself evident and revealed Himself to us on the by inside. His creation. Exactly, it's in there. Receptacular, true. The thing speaks for itself. Exactly. The yeah. evidence speaks for itself. It's true. So now we got to get on a mission to make God interesting. Right. Well, you, you said it. When, when we first got saved, now the very God that you suppress all of those years, now you've accepted. And so now you see him in a different light than what you did before. See, you couldn't see him like you really wanted to. But you knew it was him. He was there. Right. Bible says that. You, you automatically knew he was there, even if you didn't admit it at the time. And see, you didn't admit it because when you get to Romans uh, 10 and 9, where it says, if we confess. See, we never confess. We never confess. You ain't going to confess what you enjoy. Well, you, but think about what I'm saying. You never confess God. Or you never confessed Jesus Christ as being Savior, even though you knew there was a God that existed because of his creation. I but you knew, never got to the point. I knew there was a God. Right. I knew it because that's all Mama talked about also. It's true. I didn't pay it. And that's, that's another thing. People aren't paying attention. Right. We notice, but we don't pay attention. 
we just go about the day like them trees supposed to be there. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. And that it's rain, all around us. Right, yeah. that rain's supposed to fall. Mm-hmm. And summer gonna get hot. Autumn, the leaves gonna change. Right. Winter, snow might fall, gonna get cold. Mm-hmm. Spring gonna be like the little prelude to summer. That's right. We go through stuff just understanding that's the norm. Perceiving this is how it's supposed to be. Right. And we don't put forethought into, okay, why is it like this? Or what causes it to be like that? What causes a redwood to stand up for 300 years and a pine tree to get cut down every day? That's true. What causes a redwood to grow so big and so high? You can drive a truck through it. Yeah. What 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 causes grass to grow? I mean, how really? We say it jokingly. How does a brown cow eat green grass and produce white milk? And, and one that gets me more than anything is when you talk about the insects. I, uh, when we talked about the gnat. Oh man, something that small. Yeah, the gnat. Something that small it gets on your nerves. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out: Does the gnat have a heart? Does it have lungs and all that? And just think about how small all that's that got means. to be, right? In order for the gnat to exist. Now, who do you know that can create that? Can create that? Can I tell them a story? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know the story about. Man wanting to create man, so mm-hmm. he ain't got everything together. Right. And God watched him the whole time. So we go outside with a shovel, get ready to dig in the ground. God, hold up! Hold up! What you doing? Getting ready to build a man. What you doing? Get ready to make some dirt. Make your own dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Make your own dirt. That's true. We can't. We can't duplicate God. No. No. We can't even really imitate God. We may try. Some people try to act like they're God. Mm-hmm. But this God that we. I mean, think about it. We broadcasting, we recording. Man did it, but who gave man the knowledge? It's true. Well, it it, it comes back to what you're saying before, whether people want to believe that or not. He is. Right. See, See, whether you want to believe that there's a God or not, creation says that there is. Well, why, how do you know it has to be a God? It couldn't have been man. <laughs> you know it couldn't have been man. Couldn't have been man. Yeah, man can't do nothing like that. See, God fixed this thing to where there's no way you, you can deny that he does not exist. Because even man, with all the knowledge and technology and stuff that he has, when you look at the sun, it's like... Okay, man, show me how you did that. Go grab the sun. Yeah, exactly. Go move it. Yeah. 
Yeah. How, what, what, how are you going to do that? Yeah. And if a tornado comes. Stop it. Yeah. Hurricane, typhoon. Yeah. Stop. stop it. You know, you, you, you're not, you know, you, if you could stop it, you would, because I know you don't want the hurricane or the tornado to come in here and tear up your house or tear down your place of business or destroy all of the things that you need. Now, if you really had the power to stop it, you would stop that catastrophe from happening. Thank you. But since you can't do that, you know it has to be a much more higher power than you that's in control of all of it. We don't think like that sometimes. That's true. We don't take time to acknowledge God sometimes until we need God. Well, you said it earlier. You said, well, what happened? The excitement that you had at the beginning. What happened over time that he's not that exciting to you now because other things have taken place or taken place of that excitement? Because now, when you was on fire for God, every time the church door was open, you you was right there. Every time. Every time, yeah, exactly. Couldn't wait. Yeah, couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. And you talked about him all the time. You know, and, and you read your Bible oh, and man, you prayed. Man, yeah. go on somewhere with that God stuff. That's true. Yeah. That yeah. Jesus and you was bold enough to let people get mad at you. Yeah. Because you started talking to them about it. It was a certain boldness there when you first got saved. You just wanted everybody to know, even if they cuss you out, you told them anyway. And now is where it's worn off. Right. Well, now we've become what we call secret service uh, agent Christians. Christians. Yeah. Closet Christian. Yeah. CIA Christian. Yeah. MIA Christian. Missing yeah, in missing action. in action. That'll work too. <clears throat> Those are the ones that is a problem with me. Because it's a COVID. It's kind of like God allowed this to hit to see where people were. Mm-hmm. Ain't it amazing now we got them 15-minute sermon people now? Yeah. It don't take that long. It take as long as God wants. It's true. You may not prepare that long, or you may not preach that long, but it take as long as God wants to take. Mm -hmm. Jesus preached and taught some long sermons. Yeah, exactly. I think the shortest one he preached was over in Luke 4. Mm -hmm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Then said at the end, he closed up the book, gave it to the attendant, and said that. That's probably the shortest sermon he preached. Shortest one. Look how powerful it was. What you talking about? <laughs> Short and powerful. But he preached some long ones that people walked to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And in the Old Testament, that's what they did. They would walk all day, hours and hours, just, just to get to the meeting place. And then once they got to the meeting place, they would stay there all day. All day long. And then at the end of the day, they walk all the way back. We, we're going to wrap this up because we, we, we can come back and pick this up and get another stuff. But we have to go back to where you said what happened to the excitement. Maybe we pick up there. Yeah. Because, and, and I'll leave it right here. You would think that excitement God would be, yeah, he would be more excited now grown, yeah. because of what you know 
about, about him. him versus what you didn't know. But maybe right. if people really don't know no more about him than what they learned about him. Well, that's true. But one of the things that should blow you away, and I think the biggest thing that should blow you away, is that you know you you know without a shadow of doubt that you've been changed. See, that within itself should blow you away. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold. All things have become new. Have become new. Alright? So that right there alone would let would convince you that there is a God. Only God can do that. It 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 had the the life that I used to live. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed living that life. Yeah. To give yeah. that life up, right, had to be somebody stronger than me to take somebody away. Somebody stronger than you, exactly, exactly. And that and, should be any real Christian's testimony. True. That to give up the lifestyle that I was living, because again, we enjoyed what we were doing. That's why we did it so long. Right. But when when you when, when you come to Christ, you you obey first of all. When you're a babe in Christ, the babe in Christ has to be nurtured and taken care of first. You know, it's just like when a baby is first born, and I use this illustration. When a baby is first born, how many doctors do you know that once that baby comes out of mother's womb, he just lay the baby on the table and say, "Well, baby." Oh, you finally got here. So now you're on your own. You know, you got to make sure you, you feed yourself. You got to make sure you change yourself. You got to make sure that you survive. And if you lay that baby on the table and nobody never comes in there and nurture that baby, feed that baby, take care of that baby, change that baby, do everything that a baby needs at that time, what's going to happen to the baby? It's going to die. Exactly. It's going to die. We sort of use that same illustration with a new Christian because they're a new babe in Christ now. So somebody has to take that Christian, that new babe under their wings and nurture them like you would a baby, a physical baby that's been born and needing physical food. Well, that's a new babe in Christ. It's going to have to have spiritual food in order to grow Thereby. Yeah, thereby, in order to be that Christian or that fully matured Christian. And we know we're always going to be in the the, uh, the stage to where we're trying to be fully mature. You know, it, it's, it's called a sanctification process, you know. You think about Christians that's been saved for many years. They're still in the sanctification process because guess what? We haven't arrived yet. Some of us have grown more than others. Some of us have grown uh, less than others. You know, none of us grow the same. You know, and, and one day I used the illustration about uh, when we was in school, you know, and, and the teacher got up and, and taught the class. But, uh, but there, there's a growing process there. Uh, all of us don't grow the same. So we got two groups of people. Mm-hmm. We got an unbeliever. We got the believer. Right. To the unbeliever, he just they just straight up not interested in God. Right. 
but guilty. Because, yeah. <laughs> they straight up, I appreciate that, help that, thank you. They straight up not interested in God, but know there's a God. Yeah. And we'll, we'll jump into part two next time. Okay. Then there's the believer. Some of them have become disinterested because. Exactly. Again, next week, or next time we deal with why, what happened, why. Uh, oh, I know which part you're talking about. Yeah. Not, not that far. Not that far? Not that far. Okay. Uh, but we need to uh, at least down to, to 25. Uh, at least down to 25. 25? Yeah, at least down to 25. Uh, Who changed the truth of God into a lie. All right, we can do that. So we'll jump on 21, 25, work our way down to 25. But we need to find out what happened. And it's, it's easy to get back interested in it. Just ask them to forgive you and pick up and go from where you are. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right quick. Uh, one of the things, I'm going to use my favorite word, distraction. Uh, it's part of it. Uh, when my son says something that way. My, my grandson picked him up from school today. He said something that was that was really frightening to me. Uh, remember a while back we talked about the first video game and uh, that word Atari, what it meant. To engulf the mind. To engulf the mind. Uh, and you look at it from the first video game up until the most popular game now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the impact and the influence and the control that it has on the mind. But my grandson said something today uh, that was real frightening to him. As soon as I picked him up, as soon as he got in the car and closed the door, he told me he was dreaming about my phone all day in class. And as soon as he got in the car, he grabbed the phone and went to the games and stuff that he played, you know, YouTube and everything else. And uh, that was that was pretty disturbing to me, man. Because I'm, I'm I'm looking at the influence, and he said, uh, and I was telling him, I said, it's just just the game, Jim. It's just just the phone. I said, and you dreaming about the phone today? While you was in school? He said, yeah. And I say, Junior, it's not that serious. It's not that important. Guess what he said? Yes, it is. He said, yeah, it is. He said, it's important to me. It is. Because I wish I could say something, but I can't. Mm -hmm. Because it's a job I do. Right. But I can say this. These phones are our children's detriment right now. Right. These phones and social media 
let me say, or our children's detriment, right? Now we can't can't let you can't let the uh, the dope soften it because they I, just as addicted. But but, but right now, <laughs> I'm thinking about the children, right? And the children get it from the adults, right? Right. Because the adults provide it with them. Mm-hmm. But our children, right now, that's a group that has no interest in God. We right. could go another hour on that. That's a troop that don't care anything about God. Not all of them, a very great majority of them. These phones are our kids' detriments. It's true. We, 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 we can look at that when we come back. But I understand what you're saying. He spent all day thinking about you picking, not spending time with Gramps, but getting Gramps phone. It's all about the phone. These are the new Ataris. Right. Because they have engulfed minds. They take God away interest from God. From children to adults. These are reasons that God is not interested to people. Tablets, computers, the internet, all this stuff. And there's nothing bad within and of it itself. It's how it's used. True. True. Because while we sit here, we use these things to research. Stuff come to us, so we grab it and we look at it. So it's all about the use of it. It's true. But what is it to an unbeliever and even to a saint? To where God is not interested to you anymore. Just go ahead. Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, uh, I give a uh, <clears throat> illustration here, uh, and you talked about it earlier. Children of Israel <coughs> being in bondage four hundred years. Uh, They've seen God work, sent all the plagues in, and all of the uh, different things that happened before Pharaoh decided to release them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moses led them out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you look at everything that happened, uh, especially the big miracle when God opened up the Red Sea and they crossed through on, on dry land. I had to make sure we make that point. Dry. Crossed through the Red Sea, where the Red Sea was on dry, on dry land. Dry land. Okay. All right. So we make sure we make we point that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they come across on dry land, right? Now, these people witnessing all of this. <clears throat> they also witnessed the, uh, the cloud by day that led them and the fire by night that mm-hmm. led them. They also seen what God brought them across the Red Sea. And then they also seen their enemy, the Egyptians, drown in the Red Sea. Okay? Totally destroyed them. Alright, they see all of this. When they get into the wilderness there, remember when Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. And they thought he had deserted we know what we don't know what happened to him <laughs> exactly don't know okay. come here Aaron 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Come here, Avery. And what did they do? They made a golden calf, right? All right. Now, after seeing everything that God has done, <clears throat> after seeing where God brought them from, brought them through to where he brought them to, okay? After seeing all that, with their eyes, this ain't nothing nobody told them. <laughs> they saw this with their own eyes, okay? Now, you would think that they would be what? Interested in God and what he can, what he had done, what he had already done, what he can do, and more so, what he will do. Okay? You would think that they would be more interested in that now. You would think. You would think. All of a sudden, Moses hadn't come down from the mountain yet. Aaron, they called him over and they began to build a golden calf that hasn't done anything for them and can't do anything for them. And they worship. Exactly. And, and the one that's making the golden calf, the one that's fashioning the golden calf, why would you bow down and worship a calf that couldn't do nothing for you? Wouldn't you be more better than worship the one that fashioned made the calf? Because the one that made the calf showing you that he has more power than the calf that's being made. But the interest now goes from all of that that God had done to the golden calf. And the golden calf was a golden idol. What made them quickly turn from God and the reality of God or what all he had done, they actually lived the experience. They actually walked. And as, as the, uh, the disciples would say, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. But all of a sudden now, <clears throat> Because Moses hadn't came down yet. They decided to make a golden calf for whatever reason. And their whole interest and attention turned toward the golden calf. Wait, and you not the do God. know, and we, we, we hear it stop. People. Golden calf. Put more. That's <laughs> golden calf, y'all. Golden calf. Look. Golden calf right here. You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> People put more interest in what they can see than what they can't see. Right. Right. Part of that, that's part of the reason. So we ain't going to start answering questions. When they seen God, why do all that? That's what he did. It's about what's going on right now. What Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately? Lately he woke them up. Lately he took care of them. Lately he gave me a drive. They talking about that very moment. See God, even yeah. though I see Him, because <laughs> I know that we can't yeah, see God. Even though I see, him. even though I see Him, I can't see Him. Right. But again, this question we'll ask next week, and we'll go on through through those verses you want to go through. What happened? Remember, we did that that one a few weeks ago. Take me back. Yeah. 
those, those few verses that yeah. we get me would tell some 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 people need to say Lord take me back yeah. Revelation 2 and 5 yeah. remember first word. Yeah. repent and do your first word remember repent and return, return. Yeah. take me back Lord. but for the unbeliever Golden calf. <laughs> yeah. Gonna get destroyed one day. True. True. Golden calf ain't gonna be of no use one day. You don't even need this golden calf to call God. <laughs> you got a straight line. Yeah. So I'll say Jesus on the main line. <laughs> call him up want. and tell him what you want. <laughs> That's true. But there's so many distractions and so much junk that God is not interesting to some people. I want to know more from the Christians why he's not interesting them. Right. Why are you only interested in hearing what he got to say for 15 to 20 minutes? If God wants to speak to you for an hour, shouldn't you want to listen? There are certain parts of the worship experience that's more interesting than other. Have you ever noticed that when singing is going on, praise is going on, they shouting and hob everybody into it? But the moment the word gets ready to go, but want to throw that little finger up and tip out. Well, they pull out the phones, the golden caps. And they don't they don't put a limit on people testifying or praise and worship, you know, how many songs are being sung, put a limit on that. But as soon as the most important thing comes up, which is the word of God, and he says, after heaven and earth passes away, my word, my word will never pass away. Okay? That's gonna be the only thing stand is the word of God. Alright? So if the word of God is going to be the only thing standing, wouldn't that be more important than anything to where you wouldn't cut it short? Why would you cut what you should cut all the rest of the stuff short and not cut that? God is not interesting to certain people. To the unbeliever, why? To the believer, why? Join us next week as we come back with part two on next Tuesday night. Such time as this. We'll be here around 7 o'clock p.m. Here back at the kitchen table with Reverend John Mason, myself, Reverend G. Lewis Timmon, and our other guy, other member, Brother Sam Miller Jr. We are for such a time as this. Thank you for joining us. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. We're going to get started on YouTube TV next week once I figure out how to make it work. <laughs> feel free to, to comment on uh, God is not interested. Why God is not interested. Rev Mason said feel free to comment on why God is not interested. On what some of your thoughts may be. Hey, we'll look at them. We'll go over them. Until next time, be blessed. Take care.